I'm Dennis Levitt. This is my lovely wife, Tracy. Hi, I'm John Rudnick. We're Barry and Anita Chenault. My name's Edward Devlin. My name is Rosalie Devlin. Hi, we are Brent and Sheila Howell. My name is Matt Leisman. Hi, my name is Hannah Rollins. My name is Chad Peterson. So when I went to college, I kind of put God behind me. I still believed in him, but I wanted, I wanted, just wanted to try what the world had to offer, you know? College was okay, but like in my spirit, I knew I was just deeply saddened. Like there's a terrible emptiness and depression in me and I didn't know what was wrong. And that lasted a couple years after college. And then in 2018, my brother passed away and it was, very traumatic and tragic, but it was very strange, it's strange to say, but I saw a beauty that God brought out of my brother's death. I saw all the lives that he touched and a lot of the good that he did, that my brother did. And so after that, I started to think about God a lot more and go to church again. There's still something missing. There's something empty in my heart and I knew I wasn't right with God and something had to change. And then just out of the blue, a friend from my old youth group that I hadn't talked to in years just texted me and invited me to a small group. And so it was in this small group of a couple of guys. We just talked about God and pursued Him and really studied the Word. Well, it was here in this small group that I learned what I was missing. I was missing repentance. I wasn't repentant of my sin. I had so many sins in my life that I was pursuing, I guess, that the Holy Spirit just started to convict me of them. And I really started to learn what repentance was. And I believe that was when I got saved. I think Mark 1.15 really succinctly sums up the salvation message. Jesus said, repent and believe in the gospel. And it was then that I was saved. You know, we've been talking about evangelism in this sermon series. And I just love what he said about uh, Hi, uh, security. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Sorry. Uh, so this month is Pastor Appreciation Month, and I, on behalf of the, we have a great pastor. Uh, he's a dear friend, and uh, we are honored to serve under him and uh, in his teaching. So this is just a small token for you and for Megan. Thanks, brother. Love you. Love you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, guys. Ah, man. I wish it was Congregation Appreciation Month. I mean, seriously, um, it is such a tremendous honor and a blessing to get to serve here. You know, um, as a 29-year-old lead pastor, this is my first year. You guys know this, just starting in January as a lead pastor. And there, there have been ups and downs, but I could not have asked for a more supportive, loving, encouraging church family. And you guys have just been incredible. And I love you all. I appreciate you all. And uh, I feel very loved and appreciated. So thank you guys so much. Uh, enough mushy stuff, though. Um, but, uh, so anyway, Matthew chapter 28, guys. We got to move a little quickly this morning because we do have a word from our senior pastor. But while you're turning to Matthew 28, two quick things. Uh, we are Coastal Class coming up a uh, week from Saturday, Saturday, November 5th. It's from 5 to 8.30 p.m. I know that's a long time, but dinner and childcare are provided. This class is our on-ramp to membership here at Coastal. At this class, you'll find out what we believe, you'll find out how we function, and how you can be a part. So we'd love for you to come to Wear at Coastal. Please sign up. You can do that on your Connect card or online. Go coastal.org slash membership. Also wanted to let you know that next month we have our Family Sunday coming up, and there's two things that are going to 
be happening at that. First of all, family dedications. These are an awesome opportunity for a family to stand up here with their children, dedicating themselves and their children to the Lord. So if you're interested in participating, first of all, you do have to be a member of Coastal Church. And second, please sign up by November 6th. Again, you can sign up online or on your Connect card. And then also we're going to be doing baptisms on that Sunday. So we're going to talk a little bit more about baptism in the message today. But if you're interested in getting baptized in November, we do have a baptism class next Sunday after the third service at 1230. Lunch will be provided. If you're interested in attending that class, go coastal.org slash baptism to sign up. Or again, you can write that on your connect card. All right, y'all. Matthew 18. This is the great commission. This is one of the most famous passages in the Bible. As Christians, we need to know the great commission. These are our marching orders as followers of Jesus. Before he went to heaven, he gave us a mission that we were to seek to accomplish. And here's what it is. The great Great commission. Let's look at it together. Verse 16. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And Father, we ask that you would bless the preaching of your word this morning. I pray that the Holy Spirit would move through this word to convict our hearts, to motivate us, and to challenge us to take the gospel to the nations. Lord, motivate us and encourage us to go this morning, to get out of our comfort zone, to take a step of faith for your glory and for the good of the gospel. God, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. The Great Commission begins with the assurance of Christ's authority, with the assurance of Christ's authority. It tells us that the disciples met with Jesus on the mountain that he commanded them to go to in Galilee. And what reaction would you expect? You know, the disciples, Christ has been resurrected. He's died on the cross, risen from the dead. They've already seen him, by the way, at this point, because it's the 11, which means Thomas was there. So, so they'd already seen him by this point. What would you expect their reaction to be? In my head, I kind of think of the war movies where you see this, this army right before they're going into battle and they're, they're valiant and they're excited and they're ready to go and charge Mordor or whatever. Is that what we have here? No, it's a mixed reaction, right? They worshiped him, but some doubted. I love that. You know why I love that? Because guess which group I would be in? I don't know about you, but I would be one of the doubters, right? We struggle in our faith. We doubt the Great Commission. Here's why this is encouraging for evangelism, guys. The Great Commission was not given to some valiant army getting ready to charge the gates of hell. It was not given to super Christians, it was given to messed up, imperfect people like you and me. These are the guys that Jesus was going to use to turn the Roman Empire upside down. And Jesus still uses broken, messed up people today for his glory. But how does he deal with their doubt? Well, he doesn't rebuke them on the one hand, like, what's wrong with y'all? Come on. Or he doesn't coddle them on the other hand. Oh, honey, it's okay. You don't need to doubt. Now, how does he respond to their doubt? by pointing to who he is, because it's not about who they are. It's about who he is. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. What an audacious thing to say, unless it's true. 
all authority, both in heaven, the place where God dwells, and on earth has been given to me. And we see this all throughout the scriptures, that Jesus is the one who has authority over nature. With a word, he can calm a storm. Jesus is the one with authority over disease as he goes throughout Israel, cleansing people from their diseases. He's the one with authority over kings, such that Psalm 2 tells the kings, kiss the son lest he be angry and his wrath is kindled. And one day he will rule the nations with a rod of iron. Jesus has authority over the forces of darkness as he goes around casting out demons and overcoming the temptations of the evil one. Church, we could go on and on, but the point is that the authority of Jesus is both universal and absolute. That he is the king of kings, he is the Lord of lords. And in a sermon series on evangelism, you need to know that that Jesus is the King of Kings, that Jesus is the Lord of Lords. So what are we doing in evangelism? We are calling on people to bow the knee before the King of the universe. Jesus has all authority, church. This should give us confidence. This is the foundation for our mission, that Jesus has all authority. And so the one who has all authority now gives us our mission. And this is what the mission is. The mission is to make disciples. If I had 40 minutes instead of 10 to 15, I'd nerd out with you and some grammar stuff here. So you just got to take my word for it for the abridged version here. Uh, There's really only one command in the Great Commission. It's to make disciples. Everything else in this text is teaching us how we do that. So we are to make disciples. And he gives us three ways that we make disciples. First, we make disciples by going. The ESV has go, therefore, we could translate that having gone or as you go. In other words, this is continuous. The going is something that's assumed. As you go, make disciples. It's not merely one activity out of many, but rather it is a way of life for us. As you go or as you're at school, make disciples. As you're at work on Monday morning, make disciples. When you're at church, make disciples. While you're driving in the car, while you're sitting at the dinner table, make disciples. That is our mission. That is our calling. And discipleship, it's more than merely believing, right? He doesn't say go and make converts of all nations. Go and make disciples. But the main point here is that we don't make disciples by staying still. We make disciples by going. And here's why that's challenging to us in a sermon series on evangelism. One of the greatest hindrances to evangelism is apathy and complacency. It's so easy for us, especially if we've been Christians for a while, to get comfortable in our Christian life, to kind of kick our feet up and say, I'm good. But listen, guys, the purpose of the church, the purpose of corporate worship is not to be an hour of weekly religious entertainment. It is to be where we are trained and equipped to then go, to go and take the gospel to the nations, to go and make disciples in our circle of influence. And maybe this morning, church, maybe this morning, we need to ask ourselves the question, where is Jesus calling me to go? How is Jesus calling me to go? What is the step out of my comfort zone that I am being called to take this morning on the basis of the authority of Christ? 
We make disciples by going. We make disciples by baptizing, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Church baptism is that first step of obedience for a follower of Jesus. It's not just you know, a fun ritual. It's not even just a suggestion. It is commanded by the Lord Jesus Christ for his followers. Now, just to be clear this morning, baptism does not save a person. Repentance and faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ is what saves a person. But baptism is what we call the outward expression of an inward commitment. It is me going public with my faith, declaring to everyone that I am a follower of Christ. I'm identifying with Christ and with his body. So let me just get in one more plug. If you are not baptized, if you're a follower of Jesus and you've not been baptized, please follow in obedience to Jesus and get baptized. We can't wait to celebrate that with you. We have baptism coming up next month. You can come to the class after church next week. We'd love for you to get baptized. And not just get baptized, but some of you thinking, I already checked that box. Okay, here's one for you. Baptize someone. We've been praying in this evangelism series about who is your one. Who is the one person that you're praying for and sharing the gospel with? And if you've ever been to a baptism service at Coastal, you know one of the unique things that we do is we don't require it to be a pastor who does the baptizing, but we allow the person being baptized to choose a person who had an impact on their spiritual life. So my challenge here is maybe you're here and you've already been baptized. Okay, share the gospel with someone and baptize them. That's my challenge for the rest of us. We make disciples by going, by baptizing, and then lastly, by teaching. Jesus said, teaching them to observe or obey all that I have commanded you. Disciples need to be taught. It's what we often use the word discipleship. That's often what we mean. And now you might also think as you hear this text, okay, teaching, that's not really my spiritual gift. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a small group leader. So I guess that one's for somebody else. I don't have to worry about that one. That one not apply to me. All right. Well, who is the great commission given to? right? All of Christ's followers, right? Not just pastors. Listen, we all in some way, shape or form have some sort of teaching ministry that God has stewarded to us. Maybe for some of you, it's your children. Your primary disciplers in this season of life are your children. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your coworkers, whether it's a small group, whatever it is, God has placed people in our lives and we are to take the word of God and pour into them to disciple them. That's when it becomes a verb. I believe every follower of Christ both needs to be discipled by someone else, someone more spiritually mature than us, and we need to make disciples. And guess how you know a disciple is really a full disciple? When they're making disciples. We make disciple-making disciples. If a disciple is not a disciple-making disciple, then they're not a very good disciple. Are you confused yet? (laughs) The point is, that is how the kingdom multiplies. As I pour into people who then pour into people who then pour into people and vice versa, we need to make disciples. Let me ask you, who is a person in your life that you are intentionally investing in with the word of God? You are intentionally pouring into, you're like, well, Pastor Nate, I can't find anyone. You know how you can find someone? Small groups. That is the best place to make and form organic discipleship relationships when you get in a small group. That's when you find someone else in that group and you say, hey, will you spend some time with me? Will you mentor me? Or you see someone else and you're like, hey, listen, I'd love to spend some time with you. Let's start getting coffee once a week. Let's go through a book together. Let's study the word together. Look for those relationships to make disciples. I've already gone too long, so let me wrap this up. 
We make disciples on the basis of the authority of Christ, but lastly, we do so with the promise of his presence. We do so with the promise of his presence. I am with you always to the end of the age. If you hear these things, if you hear this stuff about making disciples and baptizing and all that, if you think to yourself, there's no way I could do that. No way my church can do that. Join the club. Guys, we can't do this. In our own strength, we can't do this. But we were never called to do it in our own strength. The resurrected and reigning Jesus Christ is the one with all authority in heaven and on earth. And he is the one who is promised to be with us. It's promised that when we do this, we don't do it alone. The church that is seeking to obey the Great Commission does so under the authority of Christ and in the presence of Christ. And let me leave you with one final thought before we transition to Pastor Sean's video. The Gospel of Matthew, I love how it's bookended. So Matthew begins in Matthew chapter one, you know, at the Christmas story. We're probably going to talk about it a month from now. It says, Jesus is given a name in the Christmas story other than the name Jesus. It's the name Emmanuel. Who knows what the name Emmanuel means? God with us, right? That through the incarnation of Christ, God has now come to dwell with his people. How does the gospel of Matthew end? What's the last verse? I am with you always to the end of the age. Don't you see here? That this whole book is, is framed within this idea of the presence of God among his people. So how can we accomplish this mission? How can you have the courage tomorrow morning to talk to your coworker about Jesus? Because Jesus is with you. The one with all authority in heaven and on earth is with you and he will always be with you to the end of the age. That is the hope that we have as we share the gospel. So here's the deal, church. We are now going to transition and we're going to watch a pretty lengthy video from Pastor Sean. And I want to give you a few reasons why I think that's going to be really helpful for us as a campus here at Coastal. First of all, it's, he's going to go through the history of Coastal and God's blessing on Coastal. For some of us, that'll be a reminder. For others of us, that'll be really important information that we need to know. It's also going to lay out a vision for what our elders believe God wants for the future of Coastal as we partner together for years and decades to come. And then finally, it's going to challenge us with a unique giving opportunity. He's going to challenge us to pray, to give, and to go. So without any further ado, let's hear from our senior pastor, Pastor Sean. Well, good morning, Coastal Church. It is uh, great to be with you. Pastor Sean here, and uh, I wanted to take this morning and kind of address all four campuses. And uh, so let me thank your pastors, Pastor Andrew Segree, Pastor David, Pastor Nate Link. Thank you for giving me a portion of your time in your service. And, and uh, man, I've got some really exciting information I want to give to the entire church, give you guys some vision, and then we're going to finish with an ask. You know, we're in, a, we're in the middle of a series on evangelism, and today we're talking about the Great Commission in Matthew 28, where Jesus sends us to go and, and preach the gospel to all nations. And, and one of the ways that we do that at Coastal is by campusing. And I, I call our campuses, all of our campuses, I call them gospel outposts, right? These are local gospel outposts in our community where we exalt the name, the fame, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and uh, and we've got four of them now, and and we want to continue to do that. And you know, I've been thinking about the history of Coastal. In fact, if you don't know the history of Coastal, I think it's really, really important that you know it because God has always worked in some really unique ways in the life of Coastal. And so this morning, I want to give you a little vision where I think God is 
taking us in the next few five, eight to 10 years. But I think it's important that we go back because as I've been reflecting, I've been thinking, you know, I really sense that God has worked in the life of the church uh, in 10-year periods. In fact, the first 10 years, I've been the pastor here now for over 20 years, the first 10 years, we were getting established. We uh, started in a school, and, and if you don't know the history, uh, Coastal actually began um, with two small churches merging together uh, to form Coastal. One church in the community was named Bay Rivers, and the other was named Tidewater Community Church. And these two churches felt like, you know what? We can do more for the gospel by pulling resources together uh, for the good of the gospel. And so both of these churches dissolved their individuality and came together to form Coastal. Now, how many of you have ever been a part of a church that split? Raise your hand. Go ahead, raise it up. I can't see you. It's a video. I'm just kidding. Don't raise your hand. But anyway, but like we've all seen churches split, right? And I think deep in the DNA of Coastal is this idea that if we pull resources together for the good of the kingdom, for the good of the great commission that Jesus has called us to do, we can do more together than apart. And so that's what God did. That's how we started Coastal. And for eight years, we met in a school in Grafton High School. And, and while we were there, we, we were developing the vision that God gave us. And you you guys probably by now know the vision of Coastal, right? To, to develop authentic followers of Jesus Christ. That's what we started with in the school, and that was our passion, and, and that was our vision. And, and then while we were in the school, we began to continue to develop this vision that God has given us, and we developed it through a mission statement, right? We were like, all right, if God wants us to develop authentic followers of Jesus, what does that look like practically? And so we came up with our mission is through connect, grow, and serve. So we develop authentic followers of Jesus, vision, mission through connect, grow, and serve. And as we continued in the school, we realized we wanted to develop a membership process. We wanted people to commit to this local church. And so what was it that we're calling our members to commit to? And we realized we want them to commit to connect, grow, and serve. Then we began to ask, people ask, well, what does that mean to connect, grow, and serve? And so we fleshed that out even further in these first formative years that we wanted you to connect by being a part of corporate worship, which, of course, you're here this morning. Thank you for being here. You're connecting by being in corporate worship. And that's where we sing together. We preach the word together. We take up an offering together. We give in our corporate worship. We connect. And then we realize we wanted our members, and we want you to grow by being in a small group and the importance of community and fulfilling all the one another commands of the New Testament happens in a smaller setting, small groups. And so we want you to grow by being in a small group. And then we fleshed out uh, serve, right? And we want you to serve by being in a ministry, which supports the internals of the church, and a mission, which takes the gospel of Jesus outside the walls of our church. And all while God was doing this, by pulling our resources together, two small churches merging to form one church, Coastal Church, we were able to buy our first piece of land. And you can see that on the screen. Like this was the first piece of land God gave us. It took, we had to sacrifice to do it. And we were able to pay it off over a few years. And God gave us just a really strategic piece of land in the York County area. And that was kind of decade one. It just took us 10 years to get established. And then decade two, we were able to build our first building. And, and, and when that happened, I mean, God just by his grace began to, to really expand 
expand the influence of the ministry. And we really moved from being a smaller, medium church to, to really a large church. And, and, and as we grew in this building, our first building, we, we quickly, 18 months in probably, we, we outgrew our building and we started to pray, God, what is it that you want us to do? And so God was stirring in our hearts the idea of maybe it's time to campus. And, and we were praying about that, but actually that wasn't the season for campusing just yet. We thought it was, but God led us in a different direction. And, and God provided uh, for Coastal Church uh, right in the center of the peninsula, our next building. And so we were able to purchase the, what is the old Kroger building, right? And, and, and we purchased that. And it was a big stretch for us as a church and people sacrificially gave. And, and I would just say this, you know, if you were to draw a bullseye on the peninsula, uh, I think Coastal Church has the most strategic uh, church building location on the peninsula. And, and so God, so this was decade two, right? God repositioned us. And all the while we were developing repeatable projects processes, right? Like scalable. I mean, God just keeps sending us more and more people. How do we make disciples? And, and, and so we were developing these processes. We also did something strategic and unique to us. We, we planted our first campus. And so we did dip our toe and we launched our first campus in Gloucester, a, a rental facility. And, and so now we began to develop strategies like, man, how do we disciple people at Yorktown? How do we disciple people at another location in, in Gloucester? And so we continued to grow and we had more and more members attending Coastal and we began to develop our membership process. And then we developed our deacon training process. And out of our deacon training process, we developed how are we going to raise up elders at each campus? And now we have shepherding elders at, at our Gloucester campus. And we're in process of developing deacons at our Hampton campus and at our, at our Chesapeake campus. And and, and we've also developed a pastoral training uh, process because we were like, if we're going to campus, we got to raise up pastors at all of these campuses. And so, you know, in our second decade, God began to develop in us something that was scalable and repeatable. And, and in that, uh, you know, we're now in what I would call the third decade of ministry. And so here's the language I want to use for decade three. Like decade one was getting established. Decade two was how do we disciple people? connect, grow, and serve. And now decade three, I think, is the word multiply. God has positioned us to multiply. Connect, grow, serve, and now multiply. That's decade three. And how are we going to do that? Well, it's going to include campusing, right? And, and there's two ways to campus. You can adopt, and God's given us some adoptive churches that we've been able to adopt and, and reestablish in the community as gospel outposts and birthing. We birthed uh, Gloucester, and now we're praying about maybe birthing some other campuses. And so, you know, just to kind of give you some recent history, right? Gloucester, right? First we planted in Gloucester, and this is where we saw God moving, and we started from scratch by sending about 100 people up to Gloucester in a rental space, and and Gloucester is now running regularly over 250 people. Some weeks they hit their head against 300 people, but they're building. We just, it's a, it can't house all the people God is sending us. That's why we're building a new building. And you guys know this. We were part of one mission a couple years ago, raising resources to build our building. We've broken ground and, and now we're just waiting for the delivery of the building. And once it gets here, it's going to move really, really quickly. We're fully positioned now to, to build in Gloucester. Then God, in our recent history, did something we were surprised by. He gave us a church to adopt. 
And so uh, for those of you who don't know this, and most do, like we adopted a church in the community called Deer Park Baptist Church. We had our first adoption and we adopted and, and it was a struggling congregation and had about 30 people. And uh, we were able to adopt them and revitalize them. And we sent, and we sent a lot of members down to this campus and, and we decided to plant this campus. And Deer Park is now running regularly over 150 to 160 people. It's healthy, it's doing good. It's reaching people for the gospel. That's our recent history. And then, of course, you guys know this in our recent history. Then COVID came, right? And COVID shut us down. And and we remained closed uh, like all churches were told to shut down for six or eight weeks. And, and, uh, and we decided uh, to be aggressive in reopening. And, and it was a risk. And we prayed a lot. And we reopened quickly. And and God protected us, and, and you all supported us as a church. And uh, whether you came or whether you decided to remain at home for a while, you still supported us. You supported us financially. And, and instead of COVID creating a crisis for us, um, for Coastal, God in his grace, God gave Coastal opportunity coming out of COVID. And, and so we came out of COVID strong, and we were in a strong position to keep growing and to keep spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and this is where the vision that God gave us blew us away. We, we were able, coming right out of COVID, to adopt and revitalize two more campuses for the glory of God and for the gospel of Jesus and to fulfill the great commission as we're talking about. And so we were able to adopt Bethel Baptist Church in Chesapeake. We now call this campus Coastal Chesapeake. And for those of you who've been there a long time, and I'm so glad you're worshiping with us this morning, so glad you're a part of Coastal. I mean, you know, we were able to refurbish the property and and we were able to add staffing uh, at Coastal Chesapeake. We, uh, when we first adopted the place, I, I, don't, I think less than two thirds of the air conditioners worked. We were able to get all of the systems up and running. We were, we've been able to aggressively pay down the mortgage on this amazing property and this amazing location that God has given us. And, and we've seen the attendance way more than double since we first opened the doors. And we're so thankful we're coming. You're coming to Coastal Chesapeake, and we're really excited to continue to see God's hand on this campus. And, and so coming out of COVID, we were able to adopt that church and revitalize it. And then following that one, much to our surprise, God gave us another church and we were able to adopt Hampton Roads Baptist Church. And, and we call this Coastal Hampton. And those of you who've been a part of Coastal Hampton, I, I actually worshiped with you a couple weeks before the adoption. And I think there was probably about 15 people there, but God in his grace through the adoption, we've been able to refurbish this property. We've been able to send some of our members to Coastal Hampton and we've been able to add staff and it's regularly running about 80 to 90 people. And, and here's some of your staffing and, and we're so excited. And, and while all this was happening, coming out of COVID, a lot of churches are shutting down. Many don't reopen. We've adopted two campuses all the while in Gloucester. We did a one mission fundraiser. You guys were so generous. We were able to pay cash for five acres of strategic land in Gloucester. And of course, then we hit the shock of inflation. And I don't know how many of y'all remember that. We, as a church last spring, we talked about the shock of inflation and, and we were able to get a good deal on the land, but the building cost went up by a million dollars. And as a church, 
we voted to uh, extend our loan and, and to purchase, you know, this land and to continue with the building process. We voted al- almost 99% of us said, yes, let's extend the loan by a million dollars and continue building. And so here's some pictures of that. Like you can see we're groundbreaking. We're waiting for the building. And, uh, and so now we've closed the loan and everything's happening at Gloucester. We're just waiting for the materials to come in. And as they come in, we will continue to build. All the while, while that's going on coming out of COVID and, and, and this is happening, uh, while we're reviving Yorktown, while you're sending, you've sent 100 people to Gloucester, you sent 60 or 70 people to Hampton, you sent 60, 70 people to Deer Park, you've sent out almost 300 people, right? You would think all of this sending would, would hurt the attendance. You'd think we'd be down in attendance at Yorktown by 300 people. But that's not how God's economy works. When you give, he blesses. When you send, he sends more. When we're open-handed with the Lord in fulfilling the Great Commission, as we're talking about today, the Great Commission is bookended by the risen Christ. And what does Christ do? Christ provides. And guess what? At Yorktown, our attendance has grown like crazy. We're, we're, we're pushing the seams, especially at our 930 service. We are packed. And so we're looking around going, man, how do we continue to offer and grow the gospel? And so we're praying about planning in Williamsburg, as you know. Yorktown, I've been talking about this. We're praying about this. And, and really, I believe that sending uh, a, a campus to Williamsburg will allow us to continue to grow and to continue to reach people in the Yorktown area, especially at the 930 service. And so, you know, so every one of our campuses, church, is growing. It's reaching new people. It's baptizing people. It's adding new members. And I tell you all this to the glory of God. I am so humbled and so thankful for all the Lord has done through the ministry of Coastal. And I believe God is calling us to continue to further the gospel mission and further the great commissioning that Christ has given us to do. So here's the vision. Now let me transition. All right, I want to talk about vision. God is giving Coastal so many opportunities. It's, it's, it's almost overwhelming to me how many opportunities the, the Lord g- gives us. It's almost not a month that goes by that he doesn't provide for us a new potential opportunity. In fact, we're talking right now to, to five or six churches about adoption. Now, uh, we've done this process enough to know. I know they don't all work out, but but what if one or two of them do over in 2023 where we adopt one or two more churches and we get to revitalize them and 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 build a, a, a church that maybe is struggling. We get to rebuild a gospel outpost to exalt the name of Christ, right? What, what, what if we get to plant in Williamsburg? We've been praying about that. We've been doing some strategic work already, some leg work to try to make sure it would be healthy when we go to do this by developing leaders and developing small groups in Williamsburg. We're praying about this. Listen, you guys know this. I've been praying about schools, right? If God were allowed us to adopt more campuses, uh, I think if you're a Christian family in this culture, you're struggling to figure out how you're going to educate your children in a Christian environment. So right now it's a prayer point, right? But it's something that we've been praying about. Again, I'm talking about the next 10 years, connect, grow, serve, multiply, right? What if God wants us to start an education, even a system among the buildings that God's allowing us to steward. So really the vision is in front of us. Here's the challenge. The challenge is our cash cushion. Okay. We have, um, 
deployed a lot of resources since 2020. And as God has given us these opportunities, we've been, because of your generosity at Coastal, we've built a cash cushion and we were able to say yes to these opportunities. And, and then we had the inflation of Gloucester, right? The, as we are all experiencing inflation, we experienced it at Coastal, right? And so our building cost a million more dollars. We voted 99% to say yes. And, and we are deploying these resources to build Coastal Gloucester. And so we've ex- used some of our cash cushion in Chesapeake and in Hampton. And, and so here it is, you ready? We're not in a strong cash position to jump on new opportunities as God's bringing them to us. Now, I don't want you to think there's scarcity. Cash flow is great. You guys have been so generous. We are not operating out of scarcity. What I'm suggesting to you this morning is we're not able to jump on new opportunities as I would like. And can I be honest with you? That actually keeps me up at night, not because Coastal's in any trouble, but because I get up every day, and I know you do too. We get up every week, and we're like, man, God, we want to fulfill the great commissioning that Christ has called us to fulfill. And we have this short time called life to do it. God has left us here on the planet to be a small part of what he's doing to exalt the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the way that he's called us to do it here at Coastal is through campusing, through gospel outposts, through local churches in all the communities around the area. Now, one thing I know about Coastal, and I tell people this all the time, this is the most amazing church because it's filled with the most amazing people that take the word of God serious and take your call and your commitment serious. And and you guys always step up to the challenge. I mean, we I think, I think we talked for two minutes about Ukraine and some opportunities, and you guys gave over $25,000 to help us in Ukraine and help Ukrainian refugees. And so, so here's the ask, right? I'm asking all of our campuses, if you, if you call Coastal your home church, whether it's Coastal Yorktown, Coastal Chesapeake, Coastal Hampton, Coastal Gloucester, if this is, if this is your home church, I, I want you to be a part of a special Christmas offering that I would like for us to do this December. And so, you know, each year we always do a little bit of a a Christmas offering and we ask people to give over and above and we usually highlight some missions around the world. And as I've prayed about this and thought about this, um, I would like for Coastal to be the mission that we support this year. Because God is giving us so many opportunities that I want, I'm asking you to strategically support the mission of Coastal Church so that as God gives us opportunities to plant gospel outposts, we are in a position to say, yes, yes, God, we want to go where you're sending us to go. And so here's the, I've given you the vision. Here's the ask. You ready? I want to challenge us as a church to raise a million dollars over and above our regular giving. So it's not your tithe, okay? It's not shifting your tithe to, to another area. I want you to prayerfully consider, God, what, what can I give over and above my regular giving to the Christmas offering so that we can continue to plant gospel outposts around the community? And so some of you are like, man, that's shocking. How, how, how are we going to do a million dollars over and above our regular giving at the Christmas offering? You ready? We're going to do it by all of us doing it together, every single one of us. This is your church home. I want you to pray and I want you to ask God, God, what part would you have me to to pray? Now, did you know that in America, the average American 
gives or spends over $1,000 every year on their Christmas celebration. $1,000. So as I was thinking about this and I was praying about this, did you know that if every family that called Coastal Church their home church, if every person said, this is my home church, would give $1,000, we would actually raise over a million dollars towards the vision and the mission that God would have us do. Now, here's what I'm not going to do. I have helped Coastal through four fundraisers, and they've all been successful. And in those fundraisers, I've done pledge cards. I've done six-week series. And, and I'm not going to do that this time, actually. It's a little bit of a risk, but I'm just, I just want you to pray. I want you to be excited about the vision. I hope you are. I'm excited. And I want you to pray, and I want you to ask the Lord, what is it that he wants you or you and your family to do? And, and listen, I get it. Not everybody in the, that's listening to this video this morning can can do $1,000. I totally understand that. So maybe pray about doing $750 and then $20 a month for 10 or 12 months, all the way till you could do $1,000. We don't have to do it all in December. You don't have to do it all in December. You know, maybe you do it over a one-year period. Maybe you can do $100 a month over and above your regular giving for 10 or 12 months until you could give $1,000. Uh, but I also know this. I know there's many of you listening to this video can do much, much more than $1,000, right? God has blessed you. He's blessed your business. He's blessed your income. And I really want you to pray and say, God, what would you have me to give? And I'm not asking, I'm not asking you to shift your tithe, okay? Because we don't want to cut the ministries God has us doing. I want you to ask God, God, what would you have me to sacrifice? I call this an offering. There's tithes, and there's offerings. And I want you to ask God, what would you have me to bring to the Christmas offering. Now, the language that we use at Coastal when we do things like this is it's not equal giving because not everybody, God has not called everybody to steward the same amount of financial resources, but it is equal sacrifice. And I want you to sacrificially give this Christmas because God has given us an incredible vision. Now, there's two areas I want, to, want you to encourage you to think about giving to. One, uh, so, you, so as you pray about the Christmas offering, either give to the building fund, okay? And uh, everything that comes into the building fund from now until the end of the 2022, we're going to put towards the Gloucester Project, okay? It's going to go towards the additional million dollars that we voted uh, to borrow uh, as a church. 99% of us voted, yes, let's do this, to give. And anything that goes in the building fund is going to go towards the Gloucester Project. In fact, this is the first time in the history of the church that we voted to incur additional indebtedness and didn't do a fundraiser afterwards. So, uh, so I just want you guys to be praying about it. Now, Gloucester, the members of Gloucester have actually extended their one mission um, offering. So we did one mission a, about a year and a half ago as a church, and we made an 18-month commitment. They've extended that by another 18 months. So thank you, Gloucester members, and you're already a part of this. And so we're really, really grateful. So you can give to the building fund. Everything you give to the building fund is going to go to the Gloucester Project. Or we have decided, myself and the elders, we have opened a new opportunity at Coastal. We have just opened a Coastal Endowment. Now, if you don't know what an endowment is, I'm not going to give a, a huge explanation this morning. I've already taken enough of your time, okay? Uh, but to, for a simple explanation, okay, uh, an endowment is kind of like a 401k for the church, 
Our vision for the Coastal Endowment is we are going to invest money with Thrivent Charitable Financial, and, and our hope is as this endowment grows through the years that this endowment will fund the ministry of Coastal beyond our lifetime. Uh, we look at the endowment as a setup for future opportunities as the Lord gives us. Now, some of you are like, I already know what an endowment is. I think this is great. I'm in, right? And you're going to see that like on your drop-down menu on the website, and we're going to be producing some resources for you so that you can get more educated on the endowment. But the endowment is going to allow us not only to fulfill our vision now, and the mission that God's given us, and not only allows us to fulfill our vision and mission tomorrow, but it's going to allow us to fulfill our vision and our mission a hundred years from now. And so here's what I am going to be doing. If you're still like, I don't really know what an endowment is. In 2023, I'm going to be visiting each of your campuses uh, in, the, in the spring, and I'm going to be preaching at your campus. And then after that, after the Sunday morning service, I'm going to have a pastoral vision luncheon, and I'm going to share with you at each campus more about the Coastal Endowment. Uh, and then we're actually going to bring in some experts next year to continue to educate us on what an endowment is. But here's where we are at a church, as a church. You ready? Connect, grow, serve. And now God has called us to multiply. And so here's the ask. I want you to pray. Pray this Christmas. I'm asking if this is your home church to consider giving at least $1,000 over and above your regular giving. Or maybe you do that over a series of months to help us with the building fund or the coastal endowment. And so Coastal Hampton, here you go. Ready? Ready? And you, you guys have seen what God can do when we pull our resources together. I mean, incredible, right? There's life at the campus. There's spiritual life at the campus. It's a gospel outpost in the Hampton community. And Coastal Chesapeake, man, you can see what we do when we pull our resources together, right? Those of you who've been longtime members, you, you, you've seen what we can do together. I mean, think where the church was in 2020 and look what God has done in just a year and a half at Coastal Chesapeake. And Coastal Gloucester, you've been our first campus and you're the first fruits, man. And we're seeing God take it from 100 people to almost 300 people. And so thank you. And we're so excited. And in coastal Yorktown, listen, we're packed. We have to send. I mean, if we don't send, we're not going to be able to continue to reach our area. And then let me just talk to you guys that are in Williamsburg. Williamsburg, you've been blowing me up with emails and texts now for a while. So you ready? Help us get there. We are praying for the fall of 2023 in Williamsburg. Be praying with us. Be a part of giving with us. And so for today and really for the next five weeks, let's pray. I just want you to pray. Pray, pray, pray. God, what is it that you would have us to do for the vision of Coastal? So that we can be positioned to go. And then we're going to give. And we're going to give in the power of the resurrected Jesus Christ. I know I've taken a long time this morning, so thank you, pastors, for letting me interrupt your campus, and I, I know this is a big ask, and so here's what I want to do. I want to close with prayer, so if you do me a favor, bow your heads. I said we're going to pray, and we're going to start our time right now with prayer, so let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, God, I know I've laid out an incredible vision. I believe it's a vision that you've given us, and I know it's a big ask, but you've given us big opportunities. You, you've given us, Coastal Church, a stewardship, a sacred stewardship of trust that we are entrusted with bringing the gospel of Christ to this generation. And as we looked at in Matthew chapter 28 this morning, you, you've called us to this commission and you've bookended it 
in the authority of the risen Christ. So as we pray and as we ask for you to provide for this commissioning, for the gospel to go out through gospel outposts, through local campuses that you've called us and equipped us to plan. God, we, all, we know that you're going to empower us because we want to exalt the name and fame of Jesus because it's the gospel that saves. It's the gospel that sets free. It's the gospel that has left us here on mission. And so thank you, God, for allowing us to be a small part of what you're going to accomplish, which is the exaltation of Jesus and his fame and his gospel. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. I turn it back to your pastor. Awesome. I hope that excites you guys as much as it excites me, right? I mean, God is giving us as a church family more and more opportunities for the gospel. And I just wanted to take one more moment before we go and just sort of give this charge that Pastor Sean has given us. Guys, let's pray. Seriously, be in prayer. Be in prayer for the future of our church. Be in prayer for this building. Be in prayer for the opportunity for evangelism. We've been asking throughout this series, who is your one? Who's that one person that you're praying for? Be praying for those gospel opportunities. Let's pray, but next let's give. You know, Pastor Sean mentioned that, you know, we're already a part of this. We've been, we started our fundraiser a couple of months ago and that's ongoing for us for the next 18 months. So I'd like to think that we got a little bit of a head start on the rest of the church in terms of this offering. And guys, for those of you who have already given in this fundraiser from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Thank you for your generosity in giving so that we can see this building be a gospel outpost for Coastal Church. But let me be extremely transparent with you all this morning that we still do have a long ways to go financially in terms of the fundraiser and in terms of getting in the building. And so if you've not already given, please be in prayer about if the Lord would have you contribute toward this fundraiser as well. And not just about the here and now, not just about this building that we're hoping to be in next year, but I want you to think generationally with me. Think about the next five years, the next decade, the next two decades. Because here's the deal, guys. I've talked to a lot of people who said, you know what, we could really use a church like Coastal down in Matthews. You know, we could really use a church like Coastal up in Middlesex. I said a few minutes ago that we don't want to just make disciples. We want to make disciple-making disciples. Y'all, we don't just want to plant churches. We want to plant church-planting churches. We want to see the kingdom continue to spread and continue to multiply. Dream with us. Pray with us. And then let's give the money that God has stewarded to us towards seeing this vision come to fulfillment. So let's pray. Let's give. Finally, church, let's go. Let's go. Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples. Whatever that next step of faith that the Holy Spirit is putting on your heart now, make that step. Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of the boat and start walking towards Jesus. God loves to take us out of our comfort zone and stretch us and use us in that way. And that next step looks different for all of us. Maybe for some of you this morning, it's literally let's go, like go on a mission trip. Maybe for some of you, it's stepping up and leading a small group. As we grow, you know what we're gonna need more of? Small groups and small group leaders. For some of you, that's your next step. For some of you, it's serving in a ministry. For some of you, that's being baptized. For some of you, that's sharing the gospel and baptizing someone else. For some of you, that's being discipled. For some of you, that is discipling someone else. We could go on and on and on and on, but listen, whatever your next step of faith is, when God places that on your heart, you know how you ought to respond? With the words, yes, I will. We're getting ready to sing it. So you have a chance to say that to the Lord if you want. But listen, 
Whatever that next step of faith is, guys, it's time for us to go because we have a mission, because we have a calling, because the resurrected and reigning Christ has told us to go and make disciples of all nations. And he has placed us in Gloucester as this one little piece of the nations. We are called to make disciples of Gloucester County until Jesus returns. Let's go. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's true. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who lives inside of us to lead us and guide us and empower us. And Lord, we ask now that you would give us the strength to accomplish this mission that you have called us to. Lord, we want to make disciples for the glory of God and for the exaltation of Christ. God, strengthen us to do that, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and go out singing this